You're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing and business from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and this is the only show where making a disruptive noise smells like success. Each week, I interview high-level disruptors who are making a big stink in their industry by doing things their own way while you listen in and ask a question or two. Talk show, live studio audience style. Expect all things marketing, messaging, money, and mindset, and only strategies that don't include farting and darting or treating your clients like an afterthought. So if you're ready to stop farting around and actually scale your business, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Okay. I'm just going to come out and say the topic today. We're going to be talking about getting leads for a lifetime through telling your story. And since it's not my forte, I have one of my amazing friends, one of my past coaches with me today. And when I say that this guy is 100% someone who has changed my life in many ways, I 100% mean it. And so I'm not even going to introduce you, Cam. I'm going to let you introduce you. But yes, I have the wonderful Cam Snow with me here today. So Cam, I'm just turning it over to you. And you guys, I'm going to forewarn you, this will probably be the one podcast episode where I am very quiet because... I don't have anything to add to what Cam says. He always <laughs> just drops fire. So just, just to let you know, I'll be a little quiet on this one, but go ahead, Cam. There, there you go. There you go. Thanks for having me on the podcast, the No Farting Around podcast. I'm assuming that's still the name this podcast. But yeah, like my background is, I'll obviously share a lot of stories because that's my jam, but my background is that I spent six years in politics, fell out of politics into internet marketing in 2016, worked for this dude, Scott Oldford, for three years as copywriter, then copy coach, then marketing director, and then copy coach again, like all sorts of things. I wore a lot of hats in that business and went out on my own in 2019, had a pretty massive crisis of personal and professional, just I didn't know who I was. We can get into that if we want to. And Mm -hmm. essentially like that whole journey of really not understanding who I was and what my voice was and what my message was led to building out the story economy, which is a framework for sharing your story in seven different ways that attracts your tribe of aligned clients. And we now build out the systems to attract leads for a lifetime by sharing your story that is connected to who you are and the people that you serve and the offers that you sell. And I met Ashley, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And she was like one of my one-on-one clients. And uh, yeah, we did some work on her story before the story economy even existed. You were in some ways, like for this (laughs) new concept. And, And it's good to know because even the raw materials of what we had at that point still like dramatically changed your life. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty awesome. So yeah, that's me. That's how I know you. (laughs) Yes. I think you guys, the first time Cam and I ever met and I've shared this with him, we, I think we met on in a Facebook group. I don't remember, but he was like, let's jump on a call and just connect, get to know each other. And he was sitting on his back deck. I remember this in California Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was telling him what I did and we were just chatting and then we got like halfway through our conversation and he literally just looked at me and he was like, Ashley, you're a really good coach. And it was like, it was just this moment of like, my gosh, that was so nice. And it was like this moment of being 
really seen and recognized. Um, and it always st- like stuck with me. And I was like, gosh, for mm. someone to just really say nice. that to me and not even really know who I am. I know I've shared that with you, Cam. If I haven't, then. I, no, I think you have. I mean, it yeah. just occurred to me. That's the moment I sold you. <laughs> yeah, no, it is the moment you sold me, but it also was the moment that I thought, wow, this is a really genuine person. This is a person mm-hmm. who really sees me and I could tell you were genuine about it. Like you weren't someone who yeah. was just like, oh, let me, I mean, I didn't yeah. end up working with you. You never pitched me an offer. Any you guys, when I wanted to work with him, I was like, okay, yeah, just tell me just send me the invoice. I'll pay it. it and took like, a while. Okay. And we literally got him three calls. I'm like, Cam, I'm ready to work with yeah. you. I don't care what it is. Just tell me. Uh, what so is. much growth. <laughs> you know, that's actually like a really good jumping off point for some really juicy stuff around story. Cause this whole idea of seeing someone and knowing someone and like help, help, helping someone feel seen and heard. Like that's really a core principle of like relational marketing. And that's a big thing for both of us. Obviously, the story economy, sharing your stories, it's all about relationship marketing. And I was listening to this podcast the other day, and they were talking about how a lot of sales training is, you know, obviously feels really gross. Yeah. It feels super pushy. It feels. And the guy who was doing the podcast mentioned, like, hey, a lot of the stuff, like, this stuff makes sense if you're IBM and you're trying to train salesperson number 10,000 right? And you're dialing through hundreds of leads. But that doesn't work when you are a consultant, a coach, a smaller business owner who needs to build relationships, especially when you're selling high ticket. uh, Yeah, here we go. High ticket, you know, selling, selling packages of 10k and up, you need to build a lot of trust in order to sell those packages. And because that dollar amount is correlated to the level of transformation that you're that you're and the way that it's funny because you're mentioning like we got on three calls because at that point in my journey like i didn't really understand this concept of really seeing someone like i knew it intellectually but i hadn't experienced it being sold before you get on the call mm-hmm. and that is created through building a relationship through actually for your audience, for your, I don't even like using prospects. I've started using the word like candidate, like someone who's a good Mm. candidate for your offer. Like that person, when they feel seen and heard, like you, you can move mountains and that's a really powerful thing. And it has to be, has, you have to put that tool in the hands of someone who's going to use it properly because that can Mm. be a really dangerous tool to equip someone who does not have good intentions or even doesn't even know what their intentions are in their own stuff. And they're just in their own scarcity and they use it as a a weapon of manipulation instead of a tool of persuasion and influence, like devastating, devastating. So it's so important. Yeah, that's it right there. It's important to understand that creating that feeling of, Oh my gosh, like, you actually understand me on a level that I don't think anybody else has. Like I get that a lot from people. Thank you Mm -hmm. for seeing, like you saw something in me that nobody else has seen. Like I had a conversation with someone (laughs) a couple of weeks ago and it was just a connect call, like our connect call actually. And I pointed some stuff out with her permission and she's like, I don't know how you did this, but you basically identified the biggest problem in my life without like even knowing me. 
And when you can have that level of helping belonging, helping someone have that sense of belonging, your marketing will always work because you are the marketing, which is actually exactly why we do stories. Because if you want, this is actually, we're going to use actually as a case study, because this is like perfect. It's like the reason that you and I started working together is because you were really good at what you did, still are, you're even better at what you do now. But you were posting a lot of stuff. A lot of your messaging was very much like authority centric. Let me tell you how to do things. Here's like some golden nuggets. And I think the thing that really separated you from the other coaches who were like all knowledge based is that you were still had that fire of let me drop some golden nuggets and shift how you think about this thing. But it was very mm-hmm. much from this perspective of someone who was like off in the distance who could change your thinking, but you didn't really know that person. Mm-hmm. And you could feel that and you knew that was stopping you. And so when we worked together, a lot of what we did is like, all right, we need to start sharing stories. And that was even before we built the framework around it. And we started diving into this process, which I mean, the process of like yeah. really pulling out your stories is a really amazing, really healthy process to go through so that people can get to know the real you. That's why sharing stories is so critical because if you're not sharing your stories, people don't know you. And in this marketplace, we can talk about like sophistication and how there's so much competition, red ocean, blah, blah, blah. And ironically enough, none of that really matters. Because when you create a connection with someone and you create a connection, this is, this is the crazy part. Vulnerability is required to create connection, which is why it is so scary to share stories, like the real stories that matter. I didn't know this until a couple of weeks ago, I was reading a book. The word vulnerable comes from some Latin word that literally translated means to wound. So Mm. when you are being vulnerable, you are literally opening yourself up to hurt which is why it is so scary to be vulnerable and what is required in order to share that story, to share the stories. And sometimes the stories we extract, they're not necessarily meant to be shared at that time. Maybe ever. Sometimes the story that that we pull out are the stories that are just for you. But when we do that work, we're creating a sense of safety within yourself and who God has actually called you to be that people can't wound you because you're, your security and your calling is actually in God. And that's why this process of doing story, how many minutes are we into the podcast before we were talking about God? I don't know. I'm okay. I'm sitting here like. Right. It's spiritual immediately. It's all like, you can't do, you can't really have a conversation about, Hey, like I want to share my story. You can't really do that unless you, you get into the spiritual stuff because we are spiritual beings. And we have a relationship with God, whether we actively resist him or we actively embrace him. And if you're going to share your stories, like a story is a scene in your life. And it's, it's sharing a story, a, a chapter of a book that God is writing. And so much of that, when you step into the space of, I'm going to open myself up and I'm going to share who I really am. Like that changes everything about how you do business. And there's a totally certain agree. level there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you experienced that firsthand. And oh, obviously yeah. I've experienced that too. And the cool thing is that it doesn't just impact your marketing. Like your impact, your marketing dramatically changes. 
but it also impacts a whole bunch of other stuff, your personal relationships. Like one of the biggest things that shifted for you wasn't like the kind of content that you were creating, but it was just the fact that you started showing up with like a confidence and an authority that you didn't have before. 100%. And it was that sense of safety. Yeah. Totally, I'll yeah. say you actually posted this a little bit ago on Facebook and I laughed because I was like, I say this all the time. And it, when you were talking, I'm like, yep, this is true. I think the biggest thing that came up for me, or and I think that a lot of people do in their marketing is they try to market to the problem, mm-hmm. not the pattern. And you mm. posted a quote, you posted a quote from from Carla that was like, you don't yes. have a something, you have a, a you don't have a problem, you have a pattern or something like that. And I say mm-hmm. that all the time to my clients is the pattern presents the problem. And totally. so within my content, I that's like my whole framework of what is that thought pattern that they have because the thought drives the feeling drives the action drives the result. But a lot of the times people market on the action and the problem, but it's not the problem. That's the problem. It's the pattern. That's the problem. If you diagnose the pattern. And I think that was one of the biggest things you helped me do is because guys just to get vulnerable within a big part of my story or within my story is that I didn't really trust God because I lost my dad when I was 13 and I had subconsciously connected that God was going to take things away from me because he had taken away my dad. And so for Mm -hmm. a long time, I didn't trust that God was going to deliver or that God was going to do things. And I had no idea that this was even a subconscious pattern that I had, and going through my story, I don't even remember what the question was that you asked me. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Sorry, my cat, if you guys hear my cat. But it was so true because I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. Like, I have been so scared to trust God. I had been mm. so scared to trust that things were going to happen. And ever since I had that pattern, I am able to then stop myself when I see that pattern starting to happen. And I can examine my thoughts that I'm having that are going back into that pattern because that pattern mm-hmm. to me, though it's bad, mm-hmm. it doesn't really bring me good. It's comfortable. It's familiar, right? Familiar. Wow. And I think that's what happens is a lot of people, I think, and you probably don't even know that you do this, Cam, but that's one of the really big things that you do is that you really help figure out the pattern of the individual. And when we know the pattern, we're then able to show up in a completely different way that affects our marketing. And here's the thing, a lot of our Mm. ideal clients deal with the same patterns that we have dealt with. So they resonate with our stories because we're talking about that. Yeah, and so I think I just wanted to insert that in. Totally. I'm like having a moment right now when you shared that about your dad because I know we'd had the conversations but I just realized in this moment on this podcast that I have had the same experience. And so like a big part of my journey this year has been going, my perspective on what storytelling is has completely shifted because I was at a surface level for a long time and I was going deep and my audience was like, oh, you're going deep. But I knew that there was a level that I could be getting to that I wasn't. And so this year we started working with some new coaches and um, Bucky O'Neill and Leah Notariani. 
And we did this retreat in Maui. And on this retreat, we did an exercise. We did a lot of exercises that were specifically about this kind of thing of like, <clears throat> part of the power of a retreat is that you get out of the normal pattern of your entire life and you yeah. get to see things that you did not see. And so I had an experience of like very similar to what you experienced of like healing this part of yourself that was still like grieving, like the loss of your dad. And that was a huge because you could not break the pattern until you healed that part of yourself and understanding that was a huge part of it. And that's what happened to me in Maui is that when I was 14, my best friend at the time passed away suddenly. Yeah. Without any kind of warning. And when you just shared about how I didn't really trust God, like that hit me really hard because I have, I can see absolutely where that has shown up even since that moment of not trusting that God was going to really allow me to be successful, that God wasn't really on my side, that God wasn't really. And like, you can pinpoint all sorts of limiting beliefs from church and everything about money and all sorts of stuff, but nothing can hold the kind of power that experiencing a loss has over you. And we've all experienced loss, whether that was a literal death of someone, whether that was someone who moved away, or it was a relationship that changed in such a dramatic way that it was no longer anything of what it was. And yeah, so thank you for that. Because I'm like having this experience of, oh my goodness, I'm seeing that in my work and in my life, how that trust, we were just talking about a mutual friend right before this. Megan and Megan once I asked her like hey so like things are going really well this is a several months ago I was like things are going well in the business like what changed and she's like I think I just started to believe that God actually wanted my business to succeed and I was like whoa and it's like how much (laughs) of our life do we spend trying to get something that God will give us for free can't even right now man (laughs) yeah I want to bring to the point too, and I know, I don't know who says this. I've heard it from several different people, but I don't know who said it first, but they say it's the be, do, have, right? Like the be has to come first. I've also heard it, and I've recorded an episode about this, is that it's the who before the how. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the who before the how. And, And I talk a lot about that, is that like you let's say you want a seven figure business. If God handed you a seven figure business on a silver platter tomorrow, you would not be the person capable of bringing or or, um, (laughs) stewarding that, that business very well. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the times God is telling us to be like, be who I created you to be. Right. I need you to be the person who is going to be, capable of giving you what I have for you and I think we get stuck in the okay let me just know how to do it right and I think (laughs) yeah and I actually think a lot of the times too let's say you do want a seven-figure business and that is you and I know like I'm gonna say this on this podcast right now I have had so many times where I have been told by 
people who've had a prophetic word. I've had a prophetic dream about it. It shows up everywhere for me. Mm -hmm. I will be the first millionaire in my family. Mm -hmm. I will be the first millionaire in my family. I'm saying it right here on this podcast. (laughs) And so the first question is like, okay, how do I do it? Let me go and build this plan of how I do it. But I'm like, I'm not the person capable of doing the how. I am not the the person. I'm not operating like someone who is capable of running a seven-figure business, right? And so I say that because I think what you really do, the heart, or not the heart, but a big piece of what you do is you're helping people figure out who they are at their core based from their programming. I've mentioned this before, but I've read, I don't know if you've read this book. If not, you need to secrets of the millionaire mind by T Harv Ecker. If you've never read it, go read it now. I devoured it in two days. It's so freaking good. So Brooke Castillo, like I, she's a big life coach. She has the CTFAR model, which is really cool. And she calls it the model. And she says, your circumstance creates your thoughts, create your feelings, create your actions, actually create your results. I, I think that's very true. But T Harv Ecker was actually the first person to talk about this. And instead of C being the circumstance, he said P, which is your programming. And when I was reading through this, I was like, oh, this is so good. And he breaks it down to say your programming decides your thoughts, decides your feelings, your actions. And the programming can be like linked into three different things, like your verbal programming, your modeling, like what you saw around you and your experiences. And when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm telling you this because I think what you're really doing is that top, that P, that programming. You're helping people see how have I been programmed to not 100% be myself? What programming have I experienced through experiences or through the views of my parents or views from people around me or verbal, right? I'll give you an example around money. Um, the only rich person that I knew growing up, this is going to be mind blowing, but the only rich person I knew growing up was a guy, was an older man. It was my, my friend's dad and he was never home and he ended up cheating on his wife and broke up their entire family. It was this, and I live in a, I grew up in a small town and it was this huge fiasco. It was like this huge, like it was in the newspapers and everything because he was this really big person in our community. So it was like all of his kids went through all this crap. And in the book, he asked, what were your thoughts about rich people growing up? Or what were you, not even your thoughts, but what were your, what were you modeled growing up? And I said, oh my God, the only rich person I knew growing up basically never spent time with his family and cheated on his wife and ruined his entire family. And it was this huge fiasco. So in my mind, I thought rich people sacrifice their family for money. And it was this thought that I did not know I had until I started going through the programming because he has exercises in this book. It's really good. You can tell I have a lot of things, (laughs) but I was going through it and I was like, Oh my God, no wonder I have been self-sabotaging myself on making more money because I have thought I have to sacrifice time with my family in order to make more money. And if I make money, 
I am not going to be able to spend time with my family. I'm going to drive a wedge between me and my husband because that's what I saw. And I didn't know I believed it until I started going through these things. And I was like, and even terms like filthy rich, everyone says, oh, they're filthy rich. Filthy is such a negative word. And if you're using that term, of course, you're not going to want to be rich because filthy. So there, a story is basically just a way of conveying some kind of meaning. And so like when I'm, when we share a story with someone else, we're sharing it for a purpose, which is why people get stuck with like, why am I sharing this story? If you don't know who you are and what your message is, and what your offer is, then yeah, you're going to struggle sharing your story. But we also tell stories to ourselves about what things mean. And that's the whole thing we're talking about. The CTFIR CTFR method is all about understanding what actually happened and what's the story you told yourself about what happened. There's like massive organizations like Landmark and other personal development organizations that this is the foundational principle of understanding what psychologists call perceptive filters. What are your perceptive filters for the stories that you tell yourself? And so much of the work that we do around extracting and telling your story is also understanding how that story has shaped your perception of the world. And it opens up new possibilities when we shift that perception. And then imagine that you have an understanding of, oh, this is how who I am connects to what I do. And this is why it's worked for so long. This is why the results that I'm getting have been so powerful. And then you build your entire ecosystem around the story of who you actually are so that when people come into your world, they meet you, the real you. And they get to know you so that by the time they get on the call or like they book the call, they're pretty much already sold because they understand who you are and not just how you can help them, but the whole thing. So that whole perspective of sharing your story, that's why we titled this episode, like generating leads for a lifetime from your story. I have clients that I worked with four years ago who are using basically the same message that we created then. I had a client who came in and licensed all of the copy that I've written and they had a seven figure business from day one and they're still using substantially the same message. Like when you like, and you look at some of the bigger brands, these legacy brands who are selling the same stuff and who have an established brand, like they're not rewriting their content every six months. Like they're using the same message. You can get 80% of the work done and keep that 20% of like your ads and those things that need to change. But there's so much of a, a hustle, right? The content hamster wheel of like, I need to create more and more content. And it's not really about creating more content. It's just about creating a more effective message. And that starts with you. It starts with oh. knowing, because I think you told me once, and this is a really good way to summarize and put it like, con- your content is a reflection of your mindset. And it's yep. a reflection of who you really are. And so when you create from a space of knowing who you really are, understanding your true authority, understanding and being confident that the value that you have in your offers can change someone's life, like how can that not transform your business? 100%. It does. It all starts with you. Like it all, it always comes back to you. I say that to, it's funny because every time my clients get stuff or they say something and they realize, yeah, it always comes back to me, doesn't it? And I'm like, it does. Yeah. And I think that was, 
one of the big principles that he talked about in this book too was that he, he basically goes through and talks about the difference between a poverty mindset and a rich mindset. And one of the things that got me, got me so hard, he said, um, rich people take responsibility. There's two things. He said, rich people take responsibility, poor people blame others. And I was like, oh yes. And it was very eye-opening because I asked myself, like, where have I not been taking responsibility for things? And yeah. when I mean, where have I not been taking responsibility? Where have I not managed my mind? Mm. Because it is, it's where have I not managed my mind? Because a lot of the, a lot of me blaming, like me doing blaming circumstances or other people or something that really had nothing to do with the circumstance or other people. It had everything to do with my thought about it. So where have I not managed my mind? And that was really opening, eye-opening for me. And then the second thing that he said is that rich people do not complain. They do not complain or play the victim. And mm -hmm. that was also really interesting to me because he, he challenges you in the book. He says, I want you to go seven days without complaining to somebody else or complaining in your own head. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you will start to realize how much complaining you do. And he goes, and here's the thing complaining. Oh my God. He broke it down. And he was like, complaining basically is a negative energy, right? Like you oh, complaining yeah. about something is only going to bring you more things to complain about. So true. Oh, I mean, I have a story about that. Of course, I have a story about that. When we, so like last year, we, we moved into this house and it's our first house. And we, there was, it's not a fixer upper. It was not a fixer upper for sure. But, you know, you move into a new house, there's things. The first couple of weeks was a lot of painting, a lot of rearranging and, and moving things around. And I just got into this space of God had just provided all of the money, all of the resources, everything that needed to happen for us to get into this house. And as soon as we get into the house, I looked at everything and I was like, oh my gosh, we got to change this too. And oh my gosh, look what the previous owners left. Oh my gosh, what is with this? And on one side of it, I looked at project and be like, ooh, that'll be fun to work on that project and fix up that thing. But I wasn't operating in that energy. I was looking at it and I was operating the energy of complaining about it. And it got so bad that number one, I felt like crap about myself and I didn't really understand what was going on. And then Carla, of course, called me out and she's like, this hasn't been a very fun experience with you. <laughs> you're just complaining about absolutely everything. And I was like, man, you're right. I've even noticed that. And like, why am I doing that? It was just such an interesting moment of understanding that there's always two ways to look at anything. You can look at something like a lot of people are looking at what's happening in the country right now or in the world. Like you've got COVID, you've got like this crazy stuff that happened in Afghanistan. You've got like political shenanigans left, right, and center. There's all sorts of stuff. And I've had several conversations with people like, yeah, man, like this is happening and this is happening. It's so discouraging. And I'm like, yeah, and these are some of the biggest opportunities that we'll ever have because things yep. are changing in such a big way. And you can either look at it as, oh my gosh, this is such a terrible thing. Or you can look at it as like, dude, I wonder what God's going to do here. Because it's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing. And we don't even, we can't even begin to fathom 
all of what he's going to do with all of these like seemingly really scary things. Yeah, I, I love that story. And it's so true. Even in our house, when we moved into our house, I remember thinking like, gosh, this kitchen, like we have blue laminate countertops. And I remember thinking, I really want to redo this kitchen, but we had a lot of things go wrong when we first moved in our house. Like our HVAC system broke two weeks after we moved in our house. And so we had to get that replaced and like all the extra money that we had for cosmetics that that got eaten up and very similar to you. I was complaining and doing all these things. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I really want a really nice kitchen. That was my big, that was like the only thing I wanted was a really nice kitchen. And I remember we ended up getting the HVAC system and then our like mentors at church, um, messaged us like the week later and was like we're looking for someone to host a small group or bible study out in your location and my immediate thought was no our kitchen is really ugly right like that was my thought I remember thinking like no I don't want people to see this ugly kitchen but we decided to do it because my husband was like no let's do it this works out perfect I was like okay and I remember everyone coming over and we had just got a new HVAC system, right? And it, it ended up being, it, North Carolina weather is really crazy. It's really hot and then it gets really cold. It's really hot and it's really cold. So it was like 70 degrees the day before. And then the next day I dropped down to 43. And thank uh-huh. goodness we had, a, I know, thank goodness we had an HVAC, like a new HVAC system because we were able to have heat. And I remember sitting there during um, small group and I was thinking like, oh, thank God that we replaced that HVAC system because we would all be sitting here freezing our tails off. And it was like this moment of, and you were worried about an ugly kitchen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was like this thought of, and no one even said anything about the kitchen, right? Like no one cared. Um, sure. No one cared, but it was like this moment of like, I almost said no to this. And I remember even looking around at all the people who showed up. We had like 15 people show up on the first night, which was incredible. I remember thinking yeah. like, wow, this would have never happened had I really cared about that kitchen you know what I mean if I would have said no to this and it was like that complaining energy and I I will tell you we've been in this house now for almost four years and we still have the blue laminate in our kitchen and I and I haven't cared about it I'm like you know what one day it'll get updates I don't care and we have a checkered backsplash with fruit I'm not even joking but I don't even care because I'm like all the meals we've made in this kitchen, like who cares what it, it looks like. It's fine. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and I would say that Ben too would be like, this is not enjoyable with you when we do projects. You know, that, that kind of circles back to the whole thing. Cause you, know, you said it was like, something was like, and you were worried about the kitchens. That's probably God talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. You were like, worried about this thing and and he provides and so much of i was going to tell you the story anyway but it might as well tell you on the podcast of like how god opens doors so Mm -hmm. we were we've been to nashville a couple of times we were in nashville i guess three weeks ago now yeah like three Mm -hmm. weeks ago we went to maui and then we were having an integration event in nashville which is where our coaches are so we go out there and we're like this is an in and out kind of trip. We're going to, we're going to get in there on Friday. We're going to leave on Monday. And our event was like on Sunday or something. And 
So on Monday, we had we were, our flight left in the afternoon. We we're going to like work from Tennessee or whatever for the day. And my coach was like, hey, you should come to Jitsu at noon. I was like, ooh. I mean, like, I've done karate before, but I wasn't, like, particularly in the mood. But I was like, yeah, I can get that But I was like, oh, you know what? I have a podcast interview at noon, and I can't. And so I wake up the next morning and check my calendar, and the podcast was canceled. And I was like, that's interesting. I might as well go to jujitsu and just, like, hang out with Bucky. So we get there. Carly drops me off. I'm there hanging out with Bucky and the guy who's supposed to bring the keys to open the jujitsu gym didn't have the keys or the guy who was supposed to unlock the place didn't show up. That's interesting. Bucky's like, hey, you want to go? Let's just go grab some food and talk business. And I was like, yeah, of course. One-on-one time with my coach. So we start talking and start diving into offers, right? And messaging and doing some of the stuff that just diving into like my history, my timeline my my story and he's like dude they're like what is the greatest value and who is it most valuable for that you can offer and i was like oh yeah i couldn't really answer that question he's like we can solve this problem this afternoon so we go back to the apartment get a bunch of sticky notes start like outlining an entirely new offer and i'm like okay yeah i'm here for this didn't entirely know what i was getting myself into about an hour and a half before a flight's supposed to leave. Hour and a half. Okay. He's like, if you guys stay for the next three days, like we can block off the time and we can knock out like outlining and building out this whole thing. And I was like, okay, I've built offers before. I know how much work is involved in this. And you're like, I can't get my process out of my head. I need help. So I'm like, okay. Get our assistant to call the airline, get our flights moved within like an hour of leaving for no change fees I have all this crazy stuff happens that put us in the direction of being there in the first place. And then their neighbors are also their clients and we'd met them and hung out with them and become friends with them. And they woke up that day and were like, you know what? I think we need to go on a road trip and we're going to leave today. So we're like, Hey, can we stay in your apartment? Yeah, of course. So God provided the conversation to happen. He provided the structure of what we needed to create. He provided a place for us to stay that was like, that had us in close proximity of where we needed to be. And he provided all of that in, he opened doors. I heard, I've heard this phrase a few times. It's just so perfect. He opened doors that weren't even there for this yeah. to happen. And what we ended up creating is exactly why we titled this episode is like, it's called Leads for a Lifetime because the story economy of what we built and what we started to implement a little bit with you, the story economy is the seed. And this is like the whole tree. This is what do you do with the story? What do you mm. do? All of these pieces. What do you do when you get to that point where you're at 30, 40, 50 K a month? And you're like, cool, I'm getting results for people. Like I've got a brand, something of a brand, but what am I really saying? Here? Like, what's really my message? And how do I incorporate that into what I'm doing so that the business grows? Because when you're at that level, like you already, and this, when you're at the level of getting past that early stage of entrepreneurship, that the real work and the real growth of business doesn't really come from a new strategy. 
Like it no. comes And when you can take that and incorporate it into what you're doing in the business, that's how you produce leads for a lifetime by telling your story. 100%. And I love that you said this, the trees, because I'm totally referencing this book again, but he said, the roots create the fruits. And I love that because he talked about how a lot of the times, like if we have a fruit tree and the fruit is not what we want, we think we just need to get more fruit. So we prune it and we pick it. And he's, but the roots come, or the fruits come from the roots. What goes, he's like, when you look underneath the ground, if you have a root rot, the whole tree is going to basically die. Yeah. And I love that phrase because he has a lot of Christian ties in this too. And he talks about that. The roots create the fruits and you have to get down to the roots. You can't do the surface level branches. You have to get down to the roots. And I just love that when he says the roots create the fruits. And I was like, that's so great. And he talks about, again, you have to be, the roots are who you are, like to your core. Right. And it really is changing your mindset and being becoming aware of who you are, the, the thoughts that you have, the beliefs that you have, and expressing those in a way that can relate to other people, which is very easily done through story. And stories stick with us, right? You always remember stories. You like you will always remember stories. So I love that. I know we're getting at the top of the hour. I don't even think I asked you a single question on this podcast. We just went back and forth, which is really awesome. Yeah. I feel like our conversations always go like that. Is there anything, like one thing that you would like to say to the people listening? Maybe it's a favorite quote of yours or just a piece of advice it could be towards business or life, whatever, just something that you would love to leave everyone with. The thing that's been coming up for me recently has been like the theme of like how important it is to serve and like the gift mm. that you are actually the gift that's for you. It's the gift that you're given is in order to give it away to other people. And I think that there's I've noticed a trend and a difference between companies that talk about customer delivery, but they only ever focus on marketing. And I've certainly found myself in that trap where I focused more on my marketing than I focused on client Quiet. delivery. But the it's just, you have to put yourself into situations and experiences where you truly understand how impactful your work is and how necessary it is for you to serve. Because that's the thing that actually drives all of it to understand the mission that you've been given and how that mission relates to the gift that God gave you and using it for him and for other people. If you're not coming at life and business from that perspective, and I speak from personal experience, you get really lost. You get really confused. What am I doing wrong? And you don't achieve the results that you're looking for, number one, but you just end up miserable and you'll probably end up like destroying yourself. I destroyed myself for a long time because I was not focused and aware that service is actually why I'm here. I love that. I'm going to add one little thing onto it because you've heard me say this all the time and this was a trap that I fell into 
is that I thought I was showing up to serve, but I was really showing up to seek approval. Mm-hmm. And that was a theme that really played a long time. Anyways, okay, yeah, we'll end there. Okay, so how can everyone find you? Yeah, how can everyone find you? So I would say the best place to start is there's two avenues and they both connect to each other, but we have a guide. It's about, I don't know, it'll take five, 10 minutes to read but it walks through the entire story economy. That's bit.ly slash story economy guide. And then we have a group, bit.ly slash story economy group. It's so simple, right? Awesome. I will also put that in the show notes. Thank you, Cam, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I always love to talk with you. And I feel like our conversations just always get really good. There were so many gold nuggets in this that I'm going to be like, I have to go back and re-listen. But yes, thank you so much for coming and sharing your voice. And we will catch you all next week on the No Fart Around Show. Bye. Ah, friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Fart Around Show. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And I would love, love for you to join us on the next podcast recording. You can go to www.ashamayfernandez.com slash podcast to see our interview schedule and the link to join us live and get your questions answered, get some personalized feedback and one-on-one hot seat coaching from not only me, but the amazing guests that I bring on the show. So I hope to catch you in the next episode. And until then, I will smell you later.